Hey everyone, it's Jane here. Um, I just want to mention right at the top of this episode that we had uh, a lot of technical difficulties on this one, kind of the growing pains of the podcast here, but uh, it was still salvageable. We don't get to our roundtable discussion here, and unfortunately Steven didn't make it, <laughs> but uh, we do still have a really good discussion here about just the, the general stuff going on in the league right now with uh, our guest John Bernhardt. So um, yeah, please stick around. <laughs> Welcome to Batting Around, one of the fag capitals of the world. I'm your co-host, Jesus. Shane Ost. <laughs> and with me is Lauren Walker. Hi, Lauren. I'm Lauren. That's Lauren and Steven. And this week, we got uh, on, our, on our second whole week here, um, we have a guest with us that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, he's a writer, and he's the host of No Cartridges Patch Notes podcast. It's John Bernhardt. Hey, how's it going, John? Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to have you here. But uh, you're you're one of my my longest like baseball followers or follows on yeah. Twitter. So this is I know you don't do it a ton these days. Yeah, a lot less baseball these days. <laughs> yeah, but you know, uh, you know you'll you'll always be that that goofy little bird avatar. Yeah, it's it's sort of taken like people get angry when I not not only when <laughs> I change it but when I talk about um, the possibility of not having my entire uh online brand uh circumscribed by someone else's trademarked logo um, and people and get somebody really else's mad name yeah <laughs> um all that said you're not allowed to ever get rid of it yeah as, no. I, as i've been told so now I, I, as you can see if you're if you've ever seen my twitter i keep going to like more and more esoteric versions of the oriole so <laughs> yeah that, uh, i think this one was like a ref- like a, a design that lost a contest in the 50s or something <laughs> um he well, looks and ab- for some yeah oh yeah this was this i don't think it was ever actually formally adopted but this was this is if you go through the various orioles logos nonsense you can find this little guy hanging around some of them um for anyone who obviously can't see it because this is an audio format um if you go to my twitter page at at john bernhardt.com that fucking self-promotion and um you'll see this guy looks like he's on lsd it's like a the orioles bird but his <laughs> eyes are just completely fucking gone he looks like he's on angel dust or something he's gonna kill you yeah, um, you, you you won't see that one on that whatever uh, different versions of the orioles logo twitter he looks like he just watched the orioles lose a playoff game by not uh, not using their best relief pitcher. He looks like yeah. He looks like he's, he looks like um, he's headed to the Kansas City Royals uh, clubhouse uh, in the 2015 uh, ALDS CS. Where are they now? They're both dog shit. <laughs> yeah, no. When I when I like started getting back into baseball after a bit of a hiatus off of it. Yeah, it was that was the ALCS and then the World Series was the Mets and the Royals. Like how far we've come. Yeah, it was funny. It was funny because that off season they did the thing where they're like, um, "Oh, so, so how do we? What do we learn? What what teams learn team building wise from the <laughs> Kansas City Royals? Well, they learn not to lose a fucking game ever. The, the, those Royals just swept the playoffs until they ran into the uh, into the Giants in the World Series, and I think they lost that year. It was yeah, it was the next year they beat the Mets. Um, yeah. 
Um, and then like like oh the, the general takeaway is we need to you need to build your team by having a good bullpen. Well, thanks, thanks. A good bullpen, you say? That that's good for the playoffs. <laughs> that's what we learned from the Royals. <sighs> and I think that was the off season where the Rockies went and dropped like sixty. Maybe it was a year later, but like the the Rockies took that lesson to heart, but in like the dumbest possible way, and just gave like three guys over thirty five like twenty million dollars each. Oh, I want to say that was right after the Cubs World Series because it was Wade I think there Davis. Was, I think. yeah, there was. You're right. There was another year in between before that. Before that, they got yeah. to that strategy. Yeah. Batting around hot all star Wade Davis. Uh, turns out, didn't work out for them. Although I, I mean, I'm sort of glad that Chris Davis has sort of absorbed the sins of all the bad contracts in the league just by being the most obviously just terrible player like he still hit i, I think he's he's back to hitting 150 now um i think he just went on the il oh yeah yeah well i mean they they finally just i don't believe chris davis will be coming back to the orioles i think the chris davis yeah. experiment is probably over um well how long was that how long was that cold streak last oh, year like Didn't three have- years three years three years <laughs> well i mean no but but he like oh. he like went without he went without a hit for like 70 at bats or yeah, something. Was, <laughs> like, i want to say ridiculous. i want to say the number 55 sticks around yeah um yeah. it was a lot of a, a lot of fun um watching him do that but no I, i'm glad <laughs> that he exists because it means that um ian desmond hasn't gotten as much attention for being the um signing that he has been for the rockies which is good because ian desmond seems like a cool guy um and it sucks they had to basically move into first base to uh, to yeah. uh, get anything out of that bat. Well, last week we we talked about a um, you know the exciting prob- possibility of a Orioles Marlins World Series. It mm. seems a little less likely it to happen does. now. It does. It um, does. <laughs> sadly, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like like a lot of other teams in baseball, the Orioles have, have kind of come down back down to earth a little bit. Yeah, yeah. they're still better than the, still better than the Red Sox. I mean, the Red everybody Sox, is better than the Red Sox. The Red Sox are in the middle of kicking the Orioles' ass right now. I'm probably not literally right now, but uh, they've won the first two games of the series. They'll they'll bring their win percentage back up to about three forty eight then yeah. once that's done. So, but yeah, I mean, a lot of them, a lot of teams have come back down to earth here. I mean, the Cubs are have no longer at like three losses. Thank Christ. Uh, yeah, the, the the Rockies are back to 500 where where the Lord thinks they should be, you know. Um, is um we, Charlie is it Charlie Blackman that was hitting 500 for a while there? Yeah, yeah. Was, he was close. Like he I think he got like 460 or something, but he's had a couple, you know, I think he had uh, some slow parts this week and is at like 340 now. No, no, uh, 417. He's back up to 417. Oh, okay. Wow. Small but yeah, people size. made a people made a lot of hay last week. Like they just loved being like, "Will Will, will Charlie Blackman hit 500?" It's like, no, he, no, he's not going to. He's never going to do that. I mean, <laughs> and if he did, no one would take it seriously because this is a horseshit exhibition season. <laughs> yes, told um, you, Lauren. <laughs> damn. Um. So I guess what what's the big news besides uh, what was. I wouldn't say well, alluded to, directly stated well, you know, in the intro. Well, John, on on your podcast, you know, you talked about video games a lot, mm-hmm. um, and I, I listen to it, and and a running running theme on that is just kind of the um, shittiness that surrounds the video game industry, mm-hmm. and you know, we've got we've got a good amount of that uh, this week here too. We yeah. have Red's announcer Tom Brenneman, who stole the H in your name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He stole the H in your name. Uh, he, you know, as <laughs> 
he stole the trademark tagline of our podcast and uh, <laughs> called somewhere the fag capital of the world. Um, I think he was he was talking about San Francisco because apparently he was talking about San Francisco before the break, mm. and I don't I don't that, really think bigots have that nuanced of a uh, I was opinion say, to call anywhere else but San Francisco a yeah, fag capital. They're the not like going to Yelp and looking up like uh, adult clubs in, in in major cities and and, and going through the, the listings. <laughs> I like did. someone pointed out to me, like, oh, Kansas City is about the most LGBT friendly community, like city between Chicago and Austin, um, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think uh, he's Tom checking Brennan those power rankings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a hilarious metric for sure. That I assume that means <laughs> geographically, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just wasn't sure where they also were on the list. Um, but like you know, high. like the true pro he is, like the second generation broadcaster he is. He um, you know, he managed to call a home run in the middle of his uh, you know, not apologizing really for what he did, but more apologizing to his bosses. Oh, uh, we yeah, we heard him say it. We know he understood how offensive that word. Yeah, was. no, he he put a, he put a bit of mustard on that word when he said it. <laughs> <laughs> like there was, there was no getting around uh, what he was trying to do there when he said that. And like, you know, if he was saying that when he thought the mic was off, but where you know everybody in the booth, everybody in the production could hear it, he like, was having a conversation. Yeah, he, he says that a lot. He was having a conversation. Yeah. I want to know who he was talking to. I want to hear. Yeah, I want to hear that name. I want to hear. You know, I mean, obviously, that kind of talk is is permitted or accepted or allowed in the Reds booth because the only reason he's in trouble is because he got caught. Um, yeah. There's no way that's the first time he said something like so, that. So uh, let's hear from the rest of the peanut gallery on that one. Uh, but we won't because it'll be treated like, you know, some, like he accidentally drove into a stop sign or something. They're really, they're really like, they're, they got a shortened season this year. You know, we only have 60 instead of 162 games, but uh, Major League Baseball is really trying to fit it in. Yep. Uh, fit in all the awfulness into the sixty <laughs> sixty games. I'm just like we had this. Then we had MLB Network. Uh, Chris Russo, the Mad Dog himself, um, oh. saying that <laughs> Tatis is an NBA style player. Oh, like we... a dog, like a dog whistle that uh, you know everybody's known what kind of dog whistle that is like for ten years. You guys uh, are um, you like guys it's been out in the open. Out of proportion. He just meant that Fernando Tatis is seven feet tall. Yeah, that's, and, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, that's it. And that he played his basketball at George Mason University uh, before yeah, joining, entering it. the NBA. That's just how, how it works. Did you guys cover the Nazi coach uh, last week? No, we haven't talked about the Nazi coach either. Nazi coach. Uh, <laughs> you do the, the same Kyle coach one or two times, and everybody calls you the Nazi coach. Yeah, that does that does seem like it was, you know, 100 years ago at this point, even though that was, what, two weeks ago, two and a half? Yeah, A's ago, bench coach Ryan Christensen during the, for those uh, for whom time has uh, dilated to the point where it is actually uh, the, you know, the past vague annals of history when this happened. Uh, A's bench coach Ryan Christensen during the post-game celebration um, uh, throws up the, that straight armed Sig Heil just right at that, right at the uh, at Liam Hendricks, I believe is the pitcher. At the yep, uh, and Hendricks the like himself. stops him and physically lowers his arm, like with his hands, yeah. takes the guy's arm, puts it down. He's like, no, you don't do that to me. And the dude and just said, turns uh, he, around he, he, and laughs and does it again at the bench. Yeah, no, he must like Hendricks must have said like. Dude, you're doing a Nazi salute. It's like that kids in the hall sketch where uh um the where 
Dave Foley is like the actress accepting her award and she and she thanks Hitler and then her like you know manager or whatever rushes her off stage and he's like you thanked Hitler <laughs> and she's like I thanked Hitler and he's like you thanked Hitler uh and like you know he like when he when he got when you know he's told by Hendrix or whatever what he did then he immediately throws it up again like he's you know like I'm doing a joking thing and like I can understand if he was like, oh, I didn't realize what he was doing, <laughs> but well, he then he was... just like, but it's like, dude, you're on camera. You are on camera. Don't do it again. The people that were like defending him right away did him no favors. Like, no. I don't know, some, some person came out and said like, Susan well, Christensen has a, yeah, Susan. so like Christensen has a Jewish best friend. And then that was like immediately. <laughs> One of the A's beats, uh, <laughs> um, Susan Slosser, I believe was the, was the B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She came out. She came out David like, oh, Newham. he has a Jewish best friend. Uh, here's the thing about <laughs> David Newham. That's just Newham. not true. Yeah, well, here's the thing about David Newhan, who is Ryan Christensen's best friend. Uh, David Newhan converted to Christianity recently. He is, oh. So he is, so he is Ryan Christensen's <laughs> formerly Jewish best friend. Um, oh man, so 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 Christensen just he he missed that cutoff by you yeah. know just a little bit. Blew through that stop sign. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Christensen's excuse, of course, was. Um, uh, it changed. It changed. Originally, it was that he was yeah. trying to do a karate chop, which is my favorite, my absolute favorite defense of basically yeah. anything is that <laughs> you throw out a sig heil and your defense is I was trying to do a martial arts move it's and like, I it's fucked like it Tom, up. It's like, yeah, it's like if Tom Brenneman came out and said, you know, like, well, I just just on vacation to England. Yeah, um, it's, it's a, and I, you know they, and I was I was in I was in the north of England. It's very working class. They smoke a lot of cigarettes there. Yeah, um, um, and you know you know what they call them there, but you know it, no, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, he was he I was mean, talking I, about Manchester. That's that's the, that was the city. <laughs> yes. That was the city in question. But yeah, there's just the like, I mean. I can't. I can't imagine you know throwing up the, that salute, and then and, and not realizing crisp. what you're doing. It was. It crisp. was. It was. He crisp. knew what he was doing. He he practically you know snapped his right heel down on the ground when he did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're fitting all their all their awfulness in here. <laughs> oh, and we alluded. Into, yeah, we alluded to it earlier, but uh, before um, Tom Brenneman decided. Uh, that he didn't want a career anymore, at least for this season. I guess the week's big news was uh, the Fernando Tatis thing. Do you want to summarize it? Should I summarize it? I feel weird, like, slipping into the news guy role. So San Diego is, is a really exciting team this year for the first time in a long time. A lot of their, you know, their young talents coming up. The Machado, you know, They had the Machado signing and stuff. Machado's hair is still terrible. Horrible, horrible facial hair. Yeah. Yep. But, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, is really you know showing that he is the superstar that he was expected to be i don't remember he's is he still leading the league in home runs at this point tied he was for right it, on tied the, or uh, leading right on the um, edge of it but i know he's still like leading in and yeah uh runs rbis stolen bases stuff like that but uh no and then he was they're playing <laughs> playing the rangers up by seven in the eighth uh and there's and he, he works into a 3-0 count and then uh <laughs> and then Against the unwritten rules, he swings at the uh, at the you know tater thrown right down the center, hits himself a grand slam, uh, and this just pisses off everybody. <laughs> Apparently, or at least all the old scolds, yeah, you know, all the old guard that are just annoying and terrible and need to go away. It 
Am I the only one who had not heard that this of this but like I I I you know I I watch baseball but I I think I know most of like the supposed unwritten rules. This one was totally I had not heard yeah, no, this one before. I had never I had never heard that one either and it and like I I was trying I was like looking at it for a while to even figure out when they first were mad at it what they were mad at and I was like oh it's cuz he swung on a 3-0 count while while they're up and then I saw people saying like Oh yeah, well, what it actually is is uh, if you're up by more than six after the sixth, you shouldn't uh, swing on a three-zero pitch. Mm, call him bullshit on that. Um, Complete bullshit. It does mean, not make any sense. This is this seems like one of those rules that uh, whether or not it's an unwritten rule is directly proportional to whether you're the guy that just got dingered on or not. Hundred um, percent. So, yeah, you'll see people say that it is. You'll see people say that it isn't. Um, unsurprisingly, the people who say that it is are the hard asses that, you know, no one really likes unless they're one of them. Um, I didn't yeah. play much. I almost, uh, the closest I came to playing organized baseball uh, after high school was trying to walk on to my college team and failing. Um, but I was around make it that far. baseball players uh, for that for that period of time and you know there are unwritten rules um most of them involve you know uh, the dumb showboating shit we all know about um but no one has like an actuarial table that they're going through with the, you know no. the, here's where the runs line hits the outs line and that's where right. you can under this line is where you can swing at a 3-0 pitch no one's really And there's that. a and there's a reason that these are unwritten because like song lyrics when you look at them on paper they're fucking stupid mm-hmm. like if if I if I saw like written on there just like you know don't uh, you know don't flip your bat and like well that's fucking stupid uh, don't don't run don't you know try to win the game when you're up by seven or just anything that says don't try to like win the game or further your lead is ridiculous like we've all of us have definitely watched games where teams have blown leads that big or bigger like of just ones that I've been to where they've blown leads that big uh, like there's there's nothing fucking wrong with it and like. You've got, and baseball has this problem of, you know, not having marketable stars or having exciting things, and it needs to address that problem. And taking one of your most exciting, young, like, hot players and, you know, punishing them, making him apologize uh, for doing something fucking cool uh, is, is, is not a good strategy here, not a good tactic. And, and you know, and... When Tatis, when Tatis was coming off of the field, uh, you know, after he ran the bases, you know, Hosmer, Eric Hosmer, his teammate, <laughs> high-fived him and congratulated him and stuff, and then immediately threw him under the fucking bus right after that, too. And, you know, you got the... Leadership. What, I don't remember. The, yeah, and I don't remember the name of the uh, the manager oh, for the... You don't the remember the name right, of the, the Padres? Padres. Right. You, don't, you, how, you don't remember his name? His name is Jace Tingler. Padres manager Jace Tingler. And because I mean they they were playing the they're playing the the Texas Rangers then but and like he was a guy from that organization too and so there's kind of that whole weird angle as well and like I don't know Texas just seems like a notoriously red ass um, organization as well but like you know you come in and you're a young manager and you're supposed to be there to be like a player's guy and uh, you know you're handed this opportunity this fucking golden goose of uh, this young superstar 
and then you're immediately trying to put him in a cage. It just seems really fucking stupid to me. Uh, someone had a talk with Jay Stingler after that press conference, and I'm assuming that someone included yeah. like Manny Machado. Um, because I certainly hope so, because Tingler, Manny Machado got thrown at right yeah. after that, too. Uh, Tingler comes out the next day and basically does a 180 on all of all the shit he said in that press conference. Because uh, uh, Chris Woodward, the Rangers manager, um, was his buddy, obviously. he uh, Tingler, Like you said, Tingler was a, a assistant to the general manager for on-field operations or something. Uh, for the Rangers in 2019 when Woodward was in his first year as the Rangers manager. And what that position title basically means is he's just um, a uh, a player's dude who goes around and uh, hangs out with the players all the time and spies on them for the management. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> he's it, a secret shopper for... I mean, everybody, uh, everybody knows why he's there. Like, I mean, he's... Right. He, uh, the nicer way of putting it is that he is the liaison between the FO and the uh, the players that isn't also but, their coach. Um, but that's... Yeah, that's like... It's like HR. Yeah. Where, uh, you know, HR has its actual loyalties no matter what they pretend they are. So uh, I, I'm thinking that probably what happened was... Um, you know, Tingler and Woodward have that history, and he either was reminded or it occurred to him some at some point between that press conference and the next day that he has responsibilities to a large set of other people right now, <laughs> the ones, you know, yeah. in his clubhouse. Um, and obviously, I think Woodward, uh, Woodward got a game for the fucking uh, beanball, um, as he should yes. have. Um Frankly, he should be apologizing to his clubhouse, too, for saying they couldn't win down seven against the Padres, because that's what he said. Like, if you say, yeah. if you say that he, that uh, Tatis shouldn't be swinging 3-0 there, you're saying we couldn't have won. Um, right. Well, yeah, uh, I assume we'll have more of this when these two teams meet again. Do they... Do, I guess they're done for the year, because the year is only 60 games, and I guess you only have the two and two, but... You know they're both in the their respective West divisions, so yeah, they don't play each other again this year. Uh, okay, let's take a uh, let's take a quick little break, and then we'll get on to our next topic. All right, we're back. Uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about uh, was the Kenta Maeda near no hitter. Um, were there any other uh, no hitters this year? Have there been any other ones yet? Yeah, there was there was, was one a no hitter in the um, NPB, but that's that's it so that's far. That's it in Japan. That's it. But yeah, in the, and Kenta Maeda almost had one this week, and it was a really exciting game. Uh, Kenta Maeda of the Twins against the Brewers almost had. Uh, he got so close to his to a no hitter, took it into the ninth, and then at the bottom of the ninth or the top of the ninth with uh, with no outs. Eric Sogard after we said so many nice things about him on the podcast last week, it is all your fucking fault, Steven. Uh, he hits a fucking Texas leaguer single off of Kenta Maeda. That was an exciting, it was an exciting game. It was super fun. He also, um, Kenta Maeda at one point struck out nine in a row, <laughs> like, uh, which, which broke, broke a team record for, uh, consecutive strikeouts. Um, did anybody else here watch that game at all? I did. I've been a fan of Kanto Maeda for years since he was with the Dodgers for so long. And he's yeah. he's had a great season. It wasn't just like a one-off fluke. He's been one of the best pitchers uh, in, in the league 
this he's year He's the so far. ace on that squad right now, for sure. By a mile. And it's great to see him blossom after kind of that weird role he's in with the Dodgers where, like, yeah. they kind of want him to leave. They kind of want him to start. You got to go into negotiations with an agent. <laughs> he didn't have an agent for his negotiations with the Dodgers, and they took him for a ride. They totally took him for a ride because of the way his contract is set up, uh, it's he only makes like two million dollars. I think it's like a year base pay of three million or something. like yeah, that. Yeah, he makes he has like a base pay of like two to three million dollars a year or something like that, and then he has uh, all sorts of incentives laid out for uh, amount of innings pitched and, uh, and a, a number of things. It's a really weird contract. Game there's started. Like, there's innings eight or nine pitched, clauses. Um, it's really arcane and yeah. ridiculous. And the Dodgers. They, they the Dodgers said, took advantage of it too. They, they they took advantage of it. They were always saying, "Well, it's because we have all this this depth," and it didn't help. He was really good at, in relief. Um, he but um, like he 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 did have issues going into like fifth or sixth inning for a lot of those years. Um, and he, he was really good in relief too, especially in the playoffs yeah. for them. So I, I get the reasoning on paper. Um, yeah. it was clear. It, it was also um, it didn't help that it totally screwed over his. Uh, yeah, I mean his finances. And- the Dodgers did have, you know, they they are known for their starting pitching depth, and they and you know when you you want to save him a bit to have, uh, you know, so he's he's stretched out and he's he's ready to go for the playoffs when you don't need as many starters, um, but you know they it really really did mess up his contract and he wanted to pitch with the Dodgers specifically so he was more you know incentivized to take that uh kind of bad contract and when the twins picked him up part of it was that the Dodgers gave cash cash consideration that basically covered his base salary um (laughs) for the year plus some incentives but the twins have also uh during this time uh have looked some of this stuff up that they've kind of changed his approach to a lot of things they have him nibbling around the edges a lot less and just kind of straight up attacking hitters way more like he throws you know he doesn't have an overpowering fastball by any means but he'll still hit hit, hit hitters with him um he throws his slider way more against like left-handed hitters cuz his slider is amazing but he barely threw it against lefties um in his entire time with the Dodgers he's already thrown it more this year than he against lefties than he has last year and it's working out great for him i'm i'm really really happy about uh kenta finding success here and cross said against the the dodgers i i i uh, looked at the statistic a couple days ago it's probably out of date now because someone else has started I'm, I'm sure gone but the day after uh the no hit bid uh he had put up 1.2 war and 31 innings pitched uh combined on the dodgers staff tony gonsolin julio urias dustin may Cl- clayton kershaw alex wood Walker Buehler and Ross Stripling had combined put up 1.1 war. You know, the Twins' schedule is supposedly the easiest in baseball this year, even though I don't think that that's really panning out to how it is, especially when you consider, like uh, we talked about last year, last week, how the, the NL East is kind of a husk of itself right now. Well, they don't have to face the buzzsaw Baltimore Orioles. I want to give a shout out to my boy Dylan Bundy over on the Los Angeles Angels. Yeah, having that that post Orioles bounce. Well, I wanted to ask you about something like that. Not not related to Bundy. If you want to get your point out with Bundy first, but I do want to come back to that. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's gone basically. Uh, so Dylan Bundy, when he came up, was this like so he was drafted because he had like tree trunk legs and he was this big old hoss out of Oklahoma throwing 103 miles per hour on his fastball, and they brought him up. Um, for one game in 
2012 when he was like 19 years old. It was in September. Yeah. So they so you know service time stuff didn't apply or didn't really count. Um, and uh, you know he had the he threw one inning where he like walked a guy, struck out a guy, whatever. But his fastball was dancing all over the place, and he could barely control it. But he looked amazing. Uh, and of course, like three arm injuries later, he now throws uh, low to mid 90s. Um, and does a lot of work on his with his off-speed pitches because it's been ten years, um, eight years. Um, I can do addition. Uh, and the uh, yeah, but he's uh, right now he's the best starting pitcher in baseball. Um, obviously, uh, between the time that we were originally going to record this episode and now, he's had another start and he ate shit in it. So um, I, you know, my plan to talk about him has obviously manifested into the universe and made him do worse. Um. But no, but he's not the only. He's not the only Orioles reclamation project having a good season. No, he's not. Um, there's a. Uh, there's you thinking about Yaz? I am asking about because uh, I've been trying to figure out why the best pit, hitter in baseball this mm-hmm. year is Carl Ustremski. Yeah, and, and I, until I went to his fangraphs page and saw which club he came up through. Yeah, Mike Mike Yastrzemski, <laughs> um is uh, the one that got away from the Orioles. Basically, like it's funny because like all the all the uh, the I don't want to call them low info. They're just kind of dorks. Um, the the guys who like really pay attention to the farm, but mainly so they can whine about guys who didn't pan out um, or didn't pan out for the Orioles. You know that that particular kind of prospect person who doesn't actually know anything about prospects, but knows the names and tracks like the stats um, and gets really mad about them when they either do or don't perform well. Uh, yeah. Uh, the grandson of the great Carl uh, Yaz uh, from Red Sox lore is, you know, that um, that a uh, white whale for those guys right now, because uh, he got traded to the Giants in the oh, what deal was that? He got dealt in the Tyler Herb, Tyler Herb. He got traded for a minor leaguer whose name we don't even know how to pronounce. Because is it Herb or is it Herb? Um, doesn't really matter. I don't think he'll ever appear in Major League Baseball. Um, Either way, his name sounds like an insult. Yeah, he, uh, he's allegedly a starting pitcher. Uh, so yeah, uh, Yaz was a basically non-prospect. Um, as soon as like he, he's one of these guys who like would cap at fourth outfielder. You know that kind of it's like it's like that that Simpsons episode where they're like we've got Babe Ruth the fourth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was from Vanderbilt University. He was a college player. He was that kind of, you know, gritty white outfield guy who will do whatever you ask as a polished bat coming out of the school, uh, but isn't he doesn't really have upside, um, except that it turns out he has upside. <laughs> turns out it appears <laughs> that he has a lot of upside because in 533 major league uh, plate appearances, he has a 904 OPS. <laughs> we are we are entering the zone where it stops being a fluke. Um, he's about to surpass his total war total for last year with a third of the plate appearances. Yeah, it's um, not looking too good for Baltimore right now in terms of uh, you know the relocation um, bounce that uh, their guys are getting going out to the West Coast. The Giants had a great decade last decade, but except the last half of it was pretty grim. So you know they can have. You know, throw him a bone this time. Let let them take a good guy off the off the O's here. Yeah, I mean, at least in the O's favor, Kevin Gausman's still shit. Um, so that's nope. nice. He he. Well, and and you know, it's still and there's still kind of an O's curse on Bundy even because he goes to the uh, the, the Angels 
and they're still shit. Yeah. Like, even if even when you know they have you know two of the best hitters in baseball, they have you know a lot of a lot of really really exciting players, uh, and they still can't you know even you know get to five hundred. Yep. Um, there was some stat, some guy, some beat writer on Twitter posted last night where uh, the Angels were on track to finish twenty four games out of first place in a sixty game season. Awesome. Yikes. That's awesome. Uh, pa- yeah. God. Part of the problem here is that uh, Justin Upton has a minus two OPS plus. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. That's a bummer. I think it that helps. is such a bummer. I like him. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And like no one else on the staff uh, is pitching at all besides Bundy. Like it was that it's that monkey's paw curse where, oh, Dylan Bundy will be the Cy Young winner and no one else will be able to pitch on the squad. You know that yes, they have to have a West Coast to Grom. You yeah. know. What? How did they acquire? Um, him? Did they sign? Him uh, I I I I messed this up. I said they uh, signed him as a free agent. They actually traded for him. They've got him. Uh, okay. They've got him like for another year or two. He's in, like this is like his first year of ARB, I think. Um. So he okay. He might he might end up somewhere else then uh, in that the trade deadline that's you know about nine days away here. Yeah, I mean it's possible. I don't like beyond the Phillies being the Phillies. Um, I still don't. We should probably talk <laughs> about that trade from last night. Yeah. Um. But beyond the Phillies being the Phillies with the sort of deck chair rearrangement they're doing right now because of that truly monstrous bullpen. Um. Yeah. But beyond <laughs> beyond that, I I really don't think we're gonna see too much big movement at the trade deadline this year, just because I don't think anyone is really taking this season too seriously. <laughs> not like right. not seriously yeah. enough to give up es- future. Especially features. if it's a player that has a couple years, like or a year or two, when uh, their contract left over, like. I, I mean, I could see somebody, you know, trying to grab Trevor Bauer or something, and I'm fucking praying the Twins don't do it, even though I'm I'm so worried that the Twins are going to either trade for him or sign him in the offseason because um, our, you know, we have, a, there's a whole bunch of guys from the, the Cleveland front office that are now running the Twins. No, but that should be a point um, against anyone who's actually had to deal with yeah. Trevor Bauer personally is not going to want to bring no, him they back seem, in. They seem to like him, though. I don't know. It's weird. The way they, the way they talk about him, it seems like they like him, though. So I'm, I'm scared about it. <sighs> yeah. Take him and Brenneman, just put them both out onto a raft onto, or onto, you know, a, a floating log. Put them out onto sea. Uh, he's he's on a on a on a kick of like saying the right things recently. So it's really yeah, annoying. It's extremely annoying. No, it sucks. It's just that fucking click hole thing about uh, you know worst person you know has made a good point. Um, all right, we're gonna take another uh, another quick break here before we get into our next part. <laughs> but unfortunately, that's where the audio issues really ramped up. Um, and so that segment is lost. We were going to do a part where we, uh, basically just slandered the Astros and we talked for a long time, uh, about all the things wrong with the Houston Astros going back about 10 years. Uh, maybe I'll try to edit it and stitch it all together, get something listenable, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to, we'll see. I'll try to release that this week, but thank you for listening, everybody. Um, you can find the show's twitter account at batten around that's without the g uh then you can find me at jane aust underscore you can find lauren at llw902 and as she would tell you don't follow her uh you can find steven at tango golf kilo and at thirst baseman and then you can find our wonderful guest john bernhardt at john bernhardt um thank you for listening everybody uh tune in next week tell your friends uh thanks